season two of the JKR podcast powered by Black Cobra Sports. My name is Jay Shriglin and I'm the host. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. another episode of the JKR podcast. My name is Jay Shrigling and I'm the host. Today we continue Texas week one as I've had other guys from Texas come on the show earlier this week. Today I've got the number one player in Texas for the 2025 class, number 18 overall in the entire United States, committed to Tennessee just a couple weeks ago. We've got Luke Billings on the show from Prosper, Texas. Today we dig in about his recruiting process, um, how exactly his visits went to some of the schools that offered him and we're talking to him. Talk about his family in Fayetteville and his move from Fayetteville to Texas when he was a youngster. To also talk about his hitting approach and just other things that he'd like to fix uh, before he heads to Tennessee here in a couple years. Uh, so let's dig into the interview and I hope you guys enjoy it. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today I've got the number one player in Texas for the 2025 class. Recently committed to Tennessee, as you can see on his shirt there. Got Luke Billings on the show. Luke, I've watched your games. I've watched uh, some of your games so far. I love what your game. Um, really pumped to get you on the podcast. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, long day today, but you know, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so one question I always like to ask every guest I get on the show, just to start it off, uh, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Luke Billings? Um, you know, I don't think, uh, I just, I don't think too highly of myself. I just say I'm a pretty cool guy, pretty laid back, uh, you know, pretty chill. Don't really, you know, I'm pretty funny, I guess, but, uh, I'm just a, just a cool guy that could sit and have a conversation with, you know, yeah. nothing special, just normal guy. Yeah. Uh, so to start off the uh, podcast with some questions, um, I want to dig into your recruiting process. So obviously you're a freshman, this, you're playing your first high school baseball season right now. So I, I do want to dig into the recruiting process. Uh, when exactly did the recruiting process start? When did you start getting noticed by D1 teams? And how did that recruiting process go all the way to leading up last week when you committed to Tennessee? Um, it started uh, at the end of my eighth grade year is when it like really started. I was getting like like the spam emails from colleges from like seventh, from like the beginning of my eighth grade. And then I really started talking to some schools at the beginning of like summer, end of my eighth grade year last year. And um, it really started to pick up uh, midway through summer. Uh, I got hot in some tournaments and some scouts saw it. And then I went to the future games for PBR and that's when it really picked up. And ever since up until last week, it's just been super hot and it's been rolling. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of it's kind of picked up really fast. But it I know it started a long time ago when it got like rolling, but it felt like it just happened super fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So who were some of those first teams to actually get in contact with you and who were some of your first offers? Um, I had my first team I talked to was uh OU because I went to a camp it was a team like scout thing and I uh, went there talked to them cool people I really liked that place 
Um, then I talked to TCU and I had some calls with a few more colleges, but uh, offer wise, I only, I got uh, like A&M, Arkansas and Tennessee. The rest, I didn't really get to see them and talk with it, talk it through. So I wouldn't consider it like a, an offer, but um, I've talked to a, a couple of schools and uh, I've, yeah. Yeah. So getting those offers from A&M, you said TCU and Tennessee? Ten, uh, uh, Arkansas, Tennessee, and AM. Okay. So out of those three schools that you did get offers at, I mean, before you even playing a game your freshman year, uh, what was it that stood out at Tennessee that made you commit so early and commit over those other baseball powerhouses? Um, just the connection I had with uh, the coaches, all of them. Uh, when I showed up, so I went there for a camp uh, right before – right as school started. So like early school year this year. And uh, I went there and I showed up and I walked in. I didn't think they'd really know who I was. And I just got greeted uh, very like, like uh, respectfully. And I, I liked it as soon as I walked in there. And then ever since then, I've talked to the coaches a lot, like at least two to three times a month. And I just built a relationship with them. And I have a lot of trust with those guys. And uh, yeah, I just, I respect them a lot. They respect me a lot. And that's what I just looked for, really. Yeah. So when you got to see just the city of Knoxville, you got to see the campus of Tennessee, what were some of the things that stood out to you? Um, just the fact that the town is so involved with uh, the school. Like, it's a it's a pretty big, Knoxville is a nice city, but Tennessee kind of builds like, it's like, like the base for it. And that's what I like. It's a real college, college city. And uh, the fan, like, like I said, the fans are insane. It's really beautiful. Tennessee is an insane state, super pretty. And uh, yeah, but the coolest thing I did was when I went back a second time for the game they played Ole Miss this year. That was the coolest experience in my life, probably, because that was the loudest the stadium's ever been uh, at a football game. And I was going crazy. And it was just a super fun night. And I probably never forget it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're ready to go to those SEC football games in the fall as a student? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah. So are there any other, are there any other players in your class right now that are committed to Tennessee? Or are you the first guy? Uh, there's a couple. I know for, I don't know all of them. I know Jax Bishop, Evan Hankins, um, Dylan Adkins. I don't know the, the rest. There's a couple more, but uh, I know those three guys because I've played against them. Or I've seen them play in like Florida and stuff like that. Yeah. So you have pretty good relationships with some guys that are already committed there. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Um, so throughout the process, um, while, while you're going through it, um, A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, um, besides just the respect that those coaches gave you, what were some other things you were looking at um, just when you were looking at schools? Like, were you wanting to stay close to home at first? Or what, what exactly were you looking for throughout the process? You know, I did want to stay kind of closer to home at first, but then I sat down and had a conversation with my parents, and they were just like, no matter how far away you go, like we'll still be able to come out and like see you and stuff. And I was like, I mean, yeah, that's fine. Like that's, that's just what I want. I just want to be able to stay kind of close to my family because I want to be able to see them and for them to come to my games. But um, yeah, staying home was a thing until I realized I was just kind of like, you know, they'll be able to make it. It won't be like the end of the world. And I kind of just wanted to go on my own type, um, <clears throat> like own path because, you know, I'm from Fayetteville, whole families, like Razorback fans. And, you know, I, I respect Arkansas. Like that's one of my favorite places because there's family and stuff. But I just kind of want to do my own thing. And uh, I kind of wanted to 
I was just like, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing here and go to Tennessee, which I think is going to be the best decision I ever make. Yeah. So you bring up Fayetteville. You said before we started recording that you actually moved from Fayetteville to Texas when you were seven years old. Mm-hmm. Playing for Tennessee, you're going to be going. You're going to be going to Fayetteville quite a bit, um, at least once a mm-hmm. season. Playing, playing there with the Hog Pen there. Uh, so do you still have? Do you still have family that live in Fayetteville? Uh, yes, uh, my my aunt, my uncle, my grandma, uh, a ton of family still lives there. Uh, I still go visit there uh yearly a lot actually multiple times a year uh and yeah it's just yeah just a lot of family there and stuff yeah uh, like i said i visited fayetteville a couple weeks ago um i like the town uh so what are some of your favorite things to do in fayetteville uh last time i went i discovered the electric scooters around campus and i rode around on those with my sister and that was uh, that's one of my favorite things to do when i go up there now uh, I just like walking the campus because it's, it's a cool campus to walk around. Uh, I like to go to U.S. Pizza. It's a little, it's not hidden, but when you, if you're walking on the, I don't know the street name. It's not the, it's not Dickinson. Is it it's Dixon? A, I don't know. No, it's not Dixon. It's a different street name, but it's in, it's, it's in the, yeah. it's in down uh, like where it's called U.S. Pizza. I've eaten there since I was little. So every time I go there, I eat there. And uh, yeah, I just, I just, kind of wander around the place I don't really do anything specific I just find new stuff to do every time I go just because yeah. I've done a lot of stuff there yeah um so with you being with you being in Knoxville how far how far of travel time is that going to be for your parents when they're going to watch you play in Knoxville if they drive like 11 and a half hours uh because yeah but if they fly which they'll usually fly they'll most likely fly it's like two hours an hour and a half two hours but if they fly to Nashville, it's two-hour drive to to Knoxville. If they just fly straight to Knoxville, it's about a two-hour flight. Yeah, that's that's not too bad. Be, they'll be able to watch mm-hmm. you go play some quite a bit of games in the seasons. But um, yeah, yes. you mentioned that you moved from Fayetteville to Texas when you were seven, eight years old when you were younger. Um, even mm-hmm. though you were younger, what are some of the biggest differences you've seen just in Arkansas compared to Texas, and how was how was that moving situation for you? Um, I'd say the different like it's in like the the baseball is a lot different in um Arkansas to Texas like the, there's good players in Arkansas but Texas baseball is just kind of different and it's I think it's the best baseball in this in the United States just because of how competitive it gets and you know high school baseball is the best here I think and it's it's just kind of the atmosphere and the the stigma it has to it it's just it's really it's really insane and it's a lot different and uh, also the education is a lot better in Texas compared to most states. Yeah, yeah. So, Well, like you said, you're talking about high school baseball. I would say, yeah, definitely Texas, Florida. Those states are definitely in a, like a class of their own when you're talking about high school baseball. Um, just the mm-hmm. competition level is so much different. And, I mean, how, how many games have you guys even played so far this season? I'm, I'm assuming quite a bit. Uh, how many have we played? We've just started district. We played three district games, but we had – two tournaments and two games before that with four scrimmages before that too. So probably like, I'm trying to do the math in my head real quick. 11, 15 or 16 games so far. So you guys are, you guys are in mid season form and then here up in Indiana where I'm from, I mean, we have guys who, 
they're starting their first games next week or even two weeks away from now. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Texas, Texas high school baseball, I mean, that's a class of their own. So, I mean, you're yeah, definitely in the right spot. Um, I even saw Sam, Sam Erickson. He's a class above you, uh, 2024. He moved from Wisconsin to Texas, I believe, uh, just this past year. And he was ranked by PBR Perfect Game as one of those top guys in Wisconsin. Obviously, so he's a great player. And then he comes to Texas, mm-hmm. and he's ranked, I think, like number 11, number 12 in his class. So, I mean, that just shows how deep the state of Texas is baseball-wise. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, no, it's just everybody in the state. It's just even the kids that may not be ranked, they're still good. Like the whole state of Texas, most most every player on most good teams are going to be good, even if they're not ranked or anything. Like a ton of underrated kids in the state that are still dogs. You know what I mean? Yeah. 100%. And as we talk about just the talent in Texas high school baseball, obviously that means those Texas travel ball teams are going to be pretty dominant as well. So let's talk a little bit mm-hmm. about the, te- the North Texas Longhorns. So when exactly did you get connected with them and how has your career been with them so far? Um, I got connected with them my after my 13U summer season. It was the last tournament I guess played with them. We played in some not not a very good tournament just kind of throwing some guys together to see what it would look like just in case, like maybe to put together a team. And uh, we, we balled out and we won that tournament by a lot. It wasn't even close with any of the teams. We were like, dang, we're pretty, we're pretty good. So that's how it really started. And then um, it kind of just took off from there. We just started recruiting some guys, got some new kids. Uh, Cause I used to, I played for USA prime before that. And I was with a bunch of guys from Texas from there. And uh I told a bunch of them once that team kind of split up, I was like, Hey, come over here. Like trust we will be, we'll be good. And then I got most of the, most of those guys to come over to North Texas Longhorns. And last summer we were, we were pretty salty. We were good. We were a good team for being our first year together. And then looking at this summer, we'll be, uh, we'll be, we'll be really, really good this summer. Yeah. So that USA prime team, did that just like disintegrate or did you just decide to move on from the program? It disintegrated after I left that, but that team's back together kind of now. Okay. But um, I left uh, after my 13U summer just because I liked the feel of the North Texas Longhorns and I needed to develop a little bit more. So instead of playing for a national team, I just took the development route, which worked out. Uh, makes me feel it's, I like don't regret it at all uh, because it kind of got me where I'm at right now. But um, yeah, it just kind of, it, it broke up after, after I left, after that fall, uh, just broke up because the coach moved to Florida, but now they're kind of back together that the uh, national team's back together. So, yeah. So who are some of those guys that you were able to recruit to the North Texas Longhorns in your class that you were talking about? Um, well, me and bro, so me and my, one of my best friends, Brody Maddox came from the prime national team and joined NTL in that like little tournament that I talked about. And then I got uh, Patrick Creighton, uh, Patrick Payton Jr., Nick Wozlowski, uh Jody Murillo. I got we we got them three to come, and then a kid from a USA Prime that Triple A team. He's one of he's my best friend. His name's Jack Jones. Uh, he was from a USA Prime Triple A team, and I knew I was like this kid is not going to be playing Triple A. Like this is this is he needs to be on majors. So then he tried out for our team. You know he's a stud. Uh, who else did we? I think that's. I might be missing one person, but I think that's what we got from the USA Prime team. 
Yeah. That's so you're saying, you're saying AAA in the majors. So USA Prime, do they have what, like four levels of teams, single A, double A, triple A majors? They have for select ball. I don't know if like anymore now. I don't think there's double A. I think it's just triple A majors, but mostly just majors. But like at that point, I think there was still double A and triple A majors. Single A is like a, like a little league or like a, a, like a city sports league okay. type of thing. I see. I wasn't sure if that was just like the level of competition. Cause I know with the Indiana bulls, I'm sure you've probably played against them. Mm-hmm. They have the Indiana bulls, white Indiana bulls, black. And now even mm-hmm. these upcoming years, they're creating a national team. So like they have like select tiers. So I wasn't sure if that's what the USA prime did. Um, but just on the just talking about the Longhorns. So obviously they've had a lot of guys who've been committed to big time schools, power five, um, just for you being inside of the program now for one summer, what do you think makes them that top tier program? Uh, the coach, the, my coach personally, that he's like the, he kind of runs in TL, his name is Jacob Body. He's a really, really good coach, uh, mentally and physically, you know, he, he knows when to mess around and how to make baseball fun still, but also when to get business done. And that's the perfect balance between a coach because, uh, I really enjoyed this last summer and it's more, he made it even more fun because we, we won. So it's not like he was just goofing around, like we were just goofing around and losing. We were having fun and getting the job done, which I think he does very well. And NTL as a program, you know, it's kind of, they've been around forever and they've had a couple, they've had good teams come through, but I think now it's going to really start like in Texas, we're going to start getting a lot, a lot of kids and it's kind of just going to not, I wouldn't say necessarily blow up, but there's going to be a lot more good teams in NTL. And uh, I think, I think it'll all work out uh, how it should because, you know, it's a great organization. Uh, the facility we work at is great. And I think it all is just, it's a, it's kind of underrated is what I, I think of it as. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that the North Texas Longhorns, you thank them for where you're at in your recruiting process to actually go commit mm-hmm. to Tennessee already. So how did they help you during that recruiting process? Was it your coach that you played for last summer or what exactly, how exactly did they help you throughout your recruiting process? Um. They helped me start it off. And then they knew, they told Jacob, Coach Jacob told me, he was kind of like, it's kind of just on you now. Like, whenever coaches want to call you, I'll let you know, or someone else will let you know. But they kind of just helped it take off, which uh, led to what it is now. And, uh, you know, super supportive. You know, they know, I let them know as soon as I thought, as soon as I knew what I was going to do. And he was super supportive, didn't say anything. He just wanted me to make sure I'm making the right choice. And, uh, yeah, you know. Yeah. So how long was it after you made that decision that you knew Tennessee was where you wanted to be to where you actually committed last week? So when exactly did you know Tennessee was the place you wanted to be? Um, you know, I was thinking about it for about a month, you know, just running through all my, like, the options. Because I didn't want to make – I wasn't necessarily thinking I was going to make a choice, but I just wanted to keep thinking about it. And then um, one night, it was really a, a night, like the week before I was talking about it a lot. And then one night, me and my mom were going to Brahms and uh, I was going to get a orange sherbet milkshake. And I was thinking about it. I was like, I looked at my mom. I was kind of just like, you know, I think I think I want to commit. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, you've been talking about it all week. And I was like, yeah, I know. And so I got home and I drank my orange sherbet milkshake. Then I called coach and I was just like, you know, I think I want to become, I'm going to become a volunteer. And uh, it all just kind of worked out from there. 
Yeah. So I guess was it, was Crom it, just got me in the right mood or something. Yeah. Was it was it the orange sherbet seeing orange wanted to commit to an orange school? Was it? Was yeah. It that? Yeah, maybe. I think so. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, so uh, moving back, just on just talking about the North Texas Longhorns. Um, out of the guys that you played with last year, who do you think some of the guys that have kind of flown under the radar so far in their careers? Uh, under the radar. I would say are you talking about like underrated guys? Yeah. Yeah. Or like, yeah. I'd say that whole team uh, is really underrated. I'd say, you know, Brody Maddox, he can swing it. He's a, he's a dog. He plays third base. He hits nukes. Uh, Patrick Creighton, he also is a great hitter. Jody, great hitter. Uh, Brody Mayhem, a lot of people never heard of him because he goes to a little two-way school. Uh, but he is an insane pitcher. He's a big lefty up to like, I think he topped up to 88 last year, 87, 88. And he's under the radar. But I'd say, yeah, most of our team is under the radar because uh, just last summer, we're still growing and stuff. But you can, I, like, you can see the potential. And I think it, we've all grown and stuff and uh that whole team I, every person on that team's talented now and we've all grown and it's going to be really fun to see the summer because we're all like the people that didn't get looks last summer that should have i know for a fact this summer will because of how they've grown yeah yeah so i see that i see that ntl hat you're wearing is so that obviously that means north texas longhorns who, who's my contact to make sure I get one of those hats when I'm walking around uh, tournaments this summer? Uh, you, uh, I don't even know. I got this at College Hill, which is the place we work out at. Okay. I don't know if they saw them on the website, but they might. They might. All right. I might, I might have to look that up. And if they don't, I guess I might be shooting you a text. Sounds good. Are you guys, do you guys have your guys' uh, summer schedule already out? Uh, yes, it's pretty much set so far. Okay. We just got to see if we get into one tournament, but other than that, it's set. Okay. So are you guys planning to go into Atlanta once or twice this year? Yeah, we're going to, yeah, we're, we're going to, uh, the PBR champ, uh, national team championships, uh, in Lake Point. And then, um, I don't know if we're going back to Atlanta, but we're, we're, uh, we're hoping we get into the PG world series this summer. And uh, we might go to the World Wood Bat. That's the kind we're deciding. We're deciding World Wood Bat or World Series. We just gotta get in the World Series. If we get in the World Series, we're going there. But uh, we're playing. We're playing five tool a lot this summer again uh, because they they've done us right. Uh, that's around Texas. We're gonna do a lot in South Texas probably this summer. And uh, I know for a fact for I'm going to the the national the P, uh, PG National Showcase, which is in Georgia, but. I know a couple of guys might come with me, but as a team, I think we're going to Georgia once. Okay. Yeah, I was just curious because I'm he I'm heading down to Atlanta to go watch some of my guys that I've interviewed in the past, some guys that I've got good, good mm -hmm. relationships with, trying to make sure I catch a lot of travel ball this season, trying to just mm -hmm. watch some more baseball. So yeah, <laughs> um, you said earlier that you're about 15 games into your season already. So you're 15, in, uh, 15 games into your freshman season. Um, mm -hmm. Just 15 games in. Um, what's the difference between playing travel ball when you're playing elite prospects who are actually your age compared to when you're playing high school, when you're playing guys who are 17, 18 year olds, they've got beards heading to college here this fall. Uh, what's that main difference? And what would you say like the, the hardest level would be? Um, I say 
the hardest thing is uh, the, the, I call it chirping. It's just the, the way people talk. So, you know, being a freshman, a lot of kids want to try to get in my head because they think it'll work. Uh, but that, that's probably the hardest thing. But, you know, it is a little, it's a little different because you see instead of like a, a good 15-year-old pitcher, that might be skinny, but he's a good pitcher. And some stocky dude that's like 18 step on the mound with a beard. It's, it's, a, it's a different look. But uh, in my mind, I just kind of think of it as baseball. I see the ball. I hit the ball. That's what I just try to do. But, you know, it is definitely a different look. And uh, I'd say, yeah, but for sure the hardest thing is uh, older kids chirping at me, trying to get in my head and stuff. It's funny that I find it funny. So, yeah. I mean, you can look at them and be like, hey, I'm committed to an SEC school right now. I'm about to, I'm about to hit, take you 450 foot dead center. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, just talking about hit, as you talk about hitting, um, obviously on perfect game PBR, you're listed differently position wise. I think on PBR, you're, the first position listed is actually a pitcher and perfect game, your first position is outfield. So what's your plan um, as you head into college here four years from now? Um, are you planning on being a two-way player? What exactly? What what exactly is it you're um you're looking at uh, right now? Um, from what I've known, from what I've talked about with the with coaches at Tennessee, is uh, two-way outfield and uh, pitch, probably a corner outfield uh, and and pitch because you know I really really enjoy hitting. I really enjoy pitching, but I would have to say like right now, as of right now, if I had to choose, it would be hitting. Uh, ju like just play outfield and hit but that's because you know I've kind of been in a little pitching slump but I'm getting out of it I got out of it a little bit so I'm fine but like you know when you do get something you want to do it and when you do not as well as something you don't want to do it but you know I, I but my dream is to go to college and do both you know play outfield and then hop on the bunk close a game out or maybe start a game or something like that yeah so if you were a scout looking at your game pitching wise and hitting wise what how exactly how, how would you scout yourself how what type of player are you exactly um, you know, for people that have scouted me, I, as a, as a hitter, like, like a type of hitter, uh, most of the time, very poolside, uh, heavy, which I'm trying to fix right now. I'm actually fixing it right now. But so, I mean, I, it gets the job done most of the time, which I just don't, I might, I stand right on top of the plate and take away the outside pitch because I know I can hit the inside pitch, but as a player, I'm, I'm super aggressive on the bases. That's what I take. Like I, I'm a, I'm a pretty, I'm not a small kid. I'm a pretty big kid. You don't, you don't look at me and think he's probably pretty fast. But I'm, I'm really aggressive on the bases and stuff. And in the outfield, I just try to get every, everything I can, get out there and, uh, you know, go get every ball I can. But it's a little different on the mountain because when I'm, when I'm not pitching, I, uh, I'm a, I'm kind of just calm and collected to myself. But when I'm pitching, I have like a, when I'm, I have to have a little swagger when I'm on the mound because if I don't, you know, I let them get in my head or I may be like, I'm intimidated. So if I have swagger, I know for a fact in my brain, like I'm just kind of tricking myself. I'm like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to throw strikes. And I'm going to sit all these kids down. Cause like, if I don't think like that, then um, you know, I have the chance of that happening are very slim. So my mindset, if you scout, I guess scouting me would be mound is a kind of different uh, kid player than a, a hitter and outfielder, just aggressive, super aggressive to kind of, I wouldn't say cotton, just confident and uh, efficient, I guess, is what I try to do. Yeah. 
So you talk about your approach on the, on the mound. Uh, so what exactly is your approach as you walk up to the plate? What's going through your head as you're on the on-deck circle, heading up to the batter's box, digging in? What's going through your head? It honestly depends on the pitch, type of pitcher. So, like, say we're facing Velo. I'm going up there. I'm thinking staying short, you know, getting my foot down, getting extended, because I know if I get extended, I'll hit the ball hard if it's Velo. I just try to see the ball out of hand. Uh, usually it's my first at bat, I'll take a pitch. But, but if I can see the ball out of the hand well, I'm fine. And then against a slower pitcher, I'm thinking over the second baseman's head, kind of, getting on top of the plate even more, just trying to kind of sit back, let it travel, and try my best to take it over the second baseman's head. But usually that ends up with me pulling the ball. But it catches a barrel. Like, I try to catch a barrel, and it, it works because when I keep my hands through, I'm coming through, I'm going to second base, I catch it up front, and I get extension. And that's just what I've been taught, I guess. And I just always think about what my approach is going to be and where I'm going to try to hit the ball. Because I try to hit the ball somewhere, uh, then I have a plan. And then I have a plan, things usually work better. Yeah. So you talk about velo. I know when we're facing high velo when I was in high school here in Indiana, we would consider high velo like mid-80s. So when you're talking high velo in Texas, what exactly are you facing? I consider high velo like uh, not low 90s. I'd say like 93 and up is is firm. Okay. Is high velo. Yeah, I couldn't imagine facing that in high school. I think the fastest guy I faced was like 89. And that was like a one time, one game. I think I went 0 for 3. But I can't, I can't imagine facing 93 in high school, man. That's that's something that's something crazy. Um, but who are some of the hardest pitchers that you've actually faced in your career so far? Uh an inner squad facing Lucas Davenport. That he's going to AM. He's our best pitcher. Facing him was was tough because he throws like 92 93 with insane amount of sink on the ball and that's not fun to catch or catch or hit because I catch him sometimes too but hitting was just not fun he took my thumbs basically and I hit a little dinky ground ball but I was happy I made contact but in the future games one kid I faced I don't know his name never seen him heard of him he got up there and was chunking I didn't check the scoreboard or anything because I just didn't want to look up there but I mean it was it was firm and I saw it. I took a pitch. I was like, dang, like that ain't got in here fast. Yeah. But yeah. So you caught Davenport. Um, are you just planning on catching in high school? I know we talked about it a couple minutes ago, but mm-hmm. is there any interest in catching in college? Do you, do they see you as a catcher or are they just planning on putting you in the outfield? Uh, they've, they've talked to me a little bit about catching, but I don't have like a, like I enjoy catching right now, but I know in the long run, uh, like if I want to do both, I'm gonna. I can't catch. Yeah. So I mean, it takes. It it's takes too much on my arm. Yeah, it takes a lot of lot of mental uh, mental game to be a catcher, especially at that uh, power five mm-hmm. SEC level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's just if you're gonna catch, if you're gonna catch, you kind of only have to catch because like that's how you have to think. You know, it's a completely different game whenever you're playing power five baseball, like you said, and catching. Catching just a super hard position, and it has to be like your only focus if you're yeah. gonna play in college. Yeah. So when you are pitching, what are some of those pitches you're throwing out there? What exactly is your pitching repertoire? Uh, so 90% of the time, I'll just pound with fastball. I'll just go forcing fastball, usually outer part of the plate. Um, sometimes I, I work my two seam uh, in, in on like uh, righties. Because if I get, if I get a good, if I 
get my fingers right and I, I get good spin off it, it's pretty good. But usually just forcing and then I mix my slider. My slider is my favorite pitch right now. Uh, I work that in a lot because uh, I feel comfortable with it right now. And then when my changeups, when I feel comfortable with my changeup, I like to throw it a lot because even if they don't swing at it, it's just getting their eye level down and then I can come back up or something with a fastball or something. Yeah. So are there any pitches that you're wanting to add in the future or any pitches that you've tried to add and they just haven't worked out for you? Um, you know, my, I used to throw a 12, six curveball. It used to be my best pitch, but I started throwing slider. So my curveball kind of just went out the door a little bit. Um, but, uh, I <laughs> try to, I'm learning how to throw a splitter right now instead of my changeup. Cause I can, I feel like if I get it down, I can get it more consistent, but in summer, uh, I throw a knuckleball, you know, my high school coaches just want me to kind of sit there and throw fastballs, which I get, I completely understand. I just try to get in the zone and stuff, but in summer, whenever I feel comfortable with it, I'll throw a knuckleball and it's actually, I throw it for strikes and it's one of my favorite pitches to throw because if it works, it's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just looking at the PBR perfect game rankings, I know a lot of players, a lot of coaches say those don't mean anything. I know that sometimes I'll look at those just to see where players are at. Um, obviously you rank the number one player by PBR in the 2025 class for the state of Texas. Um, what is, how does that feel when you saw that you were listed as the number one player? And then how are you planning on uh, keeping that number one spot and not giving that up to anybody else? Um, it, how it made me feel uh, accomplished. I was just kind of like, I kind of woke, I woke up, I went to go to morning lift. Then I checked my phone to some texts and like uh, some Twitter notifications. I checked it and I was like, oh, holy crap. Like, this is insane. Like, I was super happy. I was super happy and it made me feel proud of myself. And um, wait, what was the second question you asked after that? You said, how does it make uh, you so feel? The, the, the second question was just, how do, you, how do you plan on making sure you keep that number one spot and not giving that up to anybody else in the, the great state of Texas? I guess just just playing how I like how I play, you know, try not to get in my head or anything, just play loose, uh, you know, keep grinding, working hard, but just playing my game of baseball, not letting anybody get to my head or anything and just, you know, just doing trying to do what I, I do. Yeah. So you said you were at the, your morning lift when you got that notification that you were the number one player in Texas. Did that kind of come out of nowhere? Like, were you expecting to be ranked at all? Were you, like, was there any clarification? Was there any signs that this was going to happen before that day, that morning? No, no, not really. Yeah. I just kind of, I knew, because I, I, I know the PBR guys pretty well. They're like, and one of them used to be my old pitching coach. But uh, he was just like, my said that talked to him and he was just kind of like, I mean, expect a good ranking. I was like, okay, I'll get a pretty good rank. Like, I'm, I'll be pleased. And then I woke, I saw, I saw, I saw that, and I was like, I mean, yeah, that's that's a pretty good ranking. You yeah. Know? I, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't mad or anything. Yeah. You know? I mean, I would say it's, number one's a pretty good ranking. But um, mm -hmm. just looking at your overall game, um, with you still having four years before you head to Knoxville, head to campus, what are some of the biggest things you're wanting to fix in your game and work on? Uh. Hitting for power the other way uh, and uh, being able to uh, work work all my pitches wherever I want to throw them. Maybe not perfectly, 
but kind of having a a an idea almost every time I throw the pitch of where I know it's going to be basically uh, like being able to like with my fat my four seam I can work it really good outside but sometimes inside it's a little iffy like just being able to spot up uh, wherever I want with any pitch would be nice and uh, you know maybe not a baseball thing but does end up working to baseball uh, gaining a lot more weight not a lot but you know put on some more pounds and uh, getting a little bit faster to shave my 60 time down but you know I just want to I guess just by the time I get there, I just want to be a little bit faster, stronger, uh, mentally, just be able to kind of hit the ball wherever I want with power and get on the mound and be able to throw it wherever I want. Yeah. So as we, as we talk about college baseball, are there any college guys or even some pro guys that you look after and like to model your game after? Um, And for those players that you do, uh, what's the reason for that? Um. I say pro guys, like, I know it's probably a pretty common answer, but I really respect what Mike Trout does because, you know, he's probably one of the most humble guys uh, you'll see in the MLB and he's one of the best players in the MLB. And that's kind of what I, I hope to be. Like, that's my dream is to be one of the best MLB players, but that's what I want to be like is just a guy that people know and is humble and doesn't like try to brag about anything. And just, you wouldn't even know if, if you didn't, if you didn't see TV or anything, that's just kind of, I look up to him in that aspect of the game because I respect it a lot. Yeah. So Luke, we've talked enough about baseball. Let's talk about some of your off the field stuff. So when you're not playing baseball, what are some of your passions beyond the baseball field? Um, I like to play Warzone with Lucas Davenport a lot. That's my Warzone partner. I like to, I like to hop on Warzone a lot. Um, I also like to watch movies a lot. That's one of my favorite things to do is uh, watch movies and listen to music. And right now I'm trying to learn how to play, how, uh, trying to learn how to play guitar uh, right now. But I used to play trombone. I used to be in band, okay. but I dropped that a couple of years ago. But now I'm trying to pick up guitar and uh, music's one big thing for me outside of school and baseball and stuff. I always yeah. listen to it. So how, how long have you been trying to train to play the guitar? not long at all I used to I had it down for a little bit when I was like a couple years back I had it down and then I just kind of dropped it for some reason but maybe a month and a half is when I started picking it back up and I've got a little bit of it down but still got a lot to go yeah so what is it about the guitar that interests you and what what are some of the challenges that you face so far uh trying to learn the guitar um it interests me because I I like 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 I said I love music and I actually like, I like, I like to put kind of my own, not songs, but like, I just like to put kind of, I guess technically songs, just write down some lyrics and try to make a sonic like a tune to it. But the biggest challenge with guitar is definitely changing notes and, uh, you know, finger pain. Because whenever you, you got to press down hard on the chord, on the, on the strings, and my fingers get huge bumps on them and it hurts, but the hardest like technical thing is changing notes, trying to go from note to note. Um, I'm thinking I'm learning that right now, but that's the hardest thing. Yeah. I don't know much about the guitar, but um, I assume there's probably a difference when you're playing guitar for like a country song compared to like a, like a rock song. So what type of guitar Mm -hmm. are you more interested in? Country. Country. Okay. So you're a country guy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Who are some of the guys that you, you listen to? Uh, Chris Stapleton, uh, Morgan Wallen, Zach Brown Band, 
Darius Rucker, uh, Tim McGraw. Uh, that's just a couple. I can't name all. I you got, you got name all of them in there. I do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how I forgot that, but I got Luke Combs in there. Yeah. I would I would say my whole playlist is nothing but Morgan Wallen, Luke Combs, Chris Stapleton. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll 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 mix in some like rock songs, like some Motley Crue or something, but. Say ninety five percent is those those yeah. country stars, um, but yeah. talking about movies, what are some of the movies that you, some of your favorite actors, some of your favorite movies? Um, I really really enjoy Mark Wahlberg movies for some reason. I think those are always some pretty good movies, and I really like Adam Sandler movies because you know they laugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also, I just, I don't really have any like favorite actors. I just go for kind of comedies. And I guess just stuff like not like f- fiction movies, like like kind of like stuff that could happen in real life, like yeah. But it's funny, yeah. you know what I mean? Grown Ups. I mean, Grown Ups is a great movie. Yeah, exactly. Grown Ups. That's a, that is a great movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, besides that, what are some of your favorite things to do in your hometown of Prosper? Really, like hanging out with my friends. Um, we. Since it's getting closer to summer, it to swim a little bit was really fun. But uh, in Prosper, I mean, it really just hanging out with my friends is my favorite thing to do. There's not much to do except, uh, you know, go to school, play baseball, come home, and then uh, play some hang out with my friends. Whenever you get a oh, yeah, play Warzone. Hey, yeah. That's a great life right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, with so obviously you're still four years away from college. So I, I assume your mind's probably not even on this, but for me being on a college campus, um, when NIL came out, that was huge for me just to like create connections with a lot of, a lot of these guys and just kind of build my brand as an aspiring agent. But for you, have you, have you looked into that at all? Are you like interested in doing any NIL stuff? Um, is there anything that's kind of on your mind as you head into school four years from now? You know, I've had a couple conversations about NIL. Uh, I kind of understand it, but not fully yet. But, you know, whenever I start to understand it more, I know for a fact, you know, I'll be trying to uh, get as much into it as I can and like all the deal, like the, the sponsorships and stuff I could get out of it and stuff like the money. But I don't really know much, too much about it now, but I know a little bit. But like I said, when I get like, as I grow and I start to understand it more, uh, then yeah, it'll be like a huge part of my, uh, my thinking yeah. process. Yeah. One thing that I've, I've kind of like struggled to see that I don't really like is that NIL and baseball definitely isn't as high as what you see in basketball, even women's basketball, mm-hmm. football. Uh, that's one, that's one of my goals down the road is to change that, change the marketing of baseball, yeah. make sure the individual players marketed more. Um, but just good luck with whatever, whatever NIL stuff you end up doing. Um, but that's, that's all I have for the podcast. Um, that's all the questions I got for you, Luke. I'm super pumped to get you on the show. I really thank you for coming on. I'm looking forward to this summer. Go, hopefully maybe I'll catch you at a tournament. If not, I'm sure down the road, I'll eventually watch you play some baseball. But like I said, I just want to thank you for coming on the show. Yes. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And that's going to do it for another episode of this Texas interview series we got going on right now on the JKR podcast. We would like to thank Luke for coming on the show today. 
it's going to be a while before we see him in Knoxville playing for Tennessee as he is one of our first 2025 players to come on the podcast. But I am really excited to see how he does there, how he does these next couple years in high school. Great player, tons of talent, tons of potential. So I'm really excited to see that. As this ends off Texas week number one on the interview series, next week we've got even more guys from Texas coming on as we've got Texas week number two. If you guys like to learn more about which guests are coming on for week number two of this Texas interview series, make sure to follow us on social media at JKR underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Also check out our website, www.jkrpodcast.com. But with that being said, I'll catch you guys next week for week number two of this interview series.